It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're invited to I Am the Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one, and that is Noor from the Reality Is Pod. Hey. Hi, I'm actually the hot chick. (laughs) (laughs) You may recognize her docile sounds from our Princess Diaries episode, so if you liked that... Get ready, because there's more. So (laughs) June has arrived. So to kick off the start of Chelchella and also Pride Month, we'll be covering one of Chelsea's favorite movies and possibly the most homophobic movie we've covered so far. (laughs) And that is The Hot Chick. Happy Pride! <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is a hate crime. <laughs> yeah, we'll celebrate Pride the way I celebrated the first 22 years of my life. Homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> also just wrapped up like AAPI month, which this also is very problematic towards that. And you know mm-hmm. what? While we're at it, not great for like the two year anniversary of the Black Lives Matter big movement. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chelsea, explain yourself. Whatever month is plus size month, it's not great for that month. <laughs> <laughs> I quote the, the line was that's a big bitch you know as I was re-watching this movie this movie was one of my and I'm saying was but it is one of my favorite movies I watched this so many times as a teenager and it had been a while since I had done a rewatch, and I was really hoping like I really hope this holds up and you know <laughs> Happy birthday to me, because this is what happens when I finally get an opportunity to pick a movie. I've been giving Donnie so much shit because we watched Scooby-Doo, we watched The Brady Bunch, and now just we're going to cover a movie where Rob Schneider is talking about peeing in his girlfriend's panties. So here we go. (laughs) And with that, I mean, if you want panties of your own to pee in, we have merch. (laughs) I mean... I'm going to buy it right now, because that's a segue, honey. Thank you. We don't have panties yet, but now that I made that segue, we will soon. If you're watching the uh, Patreon, Chelsea is wearing one of our hoodies. And if you're not watching our Patreon, you can by going to patreon.com slash I am the cute one. And there's bonus episodes there. There's video footage and like 30 extra minutes that are not in our regular episodes. So there's a lot to be found. Yeah, if you feel like Donnie is trying to cancel us every week, you've seen the tip of the iceberg of the things (laughs) that he lets fly out of his mouth on this podcast. Yeah, Chelsea really does her best to clean me up and make me look like a human (laughs) being, but (laughs) the collar's off on the Patreon. On the Patreon, behind a paywall, anything goes. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm literally in a um, tank top and underwear right now. So on the Patreon, you get it all. Why underwear? (laughs) 
I just got home and I was okay, in my work fine. clothes. So I just stripped it, threw it on the Peloton because I knew <laughs> that human wouldn't be on it for the night. So, so I was like, this is my drying rack. Anyway, I'm in underwear. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why you're wearing underwear because I thought we were friends. So. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, I'm waiting till the halfway point of this recording and then I'll take an item of clothing. That's going to be the new yes. level on the Patreon. <laughs> For $50 a month, you can see Donnie's dingling. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, I do want to talk about the hot chick. So the movie premiered December 13th, 2002. It was a Friday. And in other pop culture news for the week, Lose Yourself by Eminem was the number one song. Extreme Makeover premiered on ABC. And in the movie theater, Star Trek Nemesis, Made in Manhattan, Drumline, and Die Another Day made up the rest of the top five in the box office alongside the hot chick. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I know. Top five material. Wait, what did you say? What was the date that this movie premiered? December 13th, 2002. Okay, guess what? That was the first time I ever went on a date with a boy (gasps) because this movie is the first movie I ever saw with a male. Wow. Yeah, this is the first ever date I ever went on. Uh, I was a senior in high school. Late bloomer. And I'd say the person that I went on this date with, uh, unfortunately – went on to become in summer house terms the austin Kroll of my existence oh, oh okay. no yeah, yeah 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 i should have known when i went to go see hot chick with him but this, <laughs> was, this is where this is gonna be headed chelsea do you remember the first movie you went on a date with you're gonna be so oh, mad oh god it was mystery men uh <laughs> <laughs> me and uh curly-haired fellow named Paul. We went to see Mystery Men and his parents sat like two rows behind us. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first movie I went on a date with a boy with, I forget. There were so many girl dates, I just forget. <laughs> but the first the first movie I saw with a boy as a date was Bruno. <laughs> Oh, you were on theme. Weren't there a lot of penises in that movie? Yeah. And it was also homophobic. So it's good to talk about. In this oh, my episode. God. Is that the one with Sasha Baron Cohen? Yes. Oh, there's so much dick in that one. So much dick. Yeah. I think and- I did see that movie. And I think I saw it with still the Austin Curl of my life. <laughs> oh, wow. He was around for a while. Yeah. Too long. Okay. We've all had one of those yeah. in our pasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on that note, we'll just move right along. So I do want to give a little bit of background information and trivia on this wonderful movie. So the tagline for the film was, the hottest chick in town just switched bodies with the luckiest loser in the world. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know. Okay. I'm just going to get this out of the way. I am recognizing and acknowledging right now, like Nora and Donnie have said already, this is a horrifically problematic movie that does not age well in 2022. I know that my role on this podcast is to talk shit and bring awareness to problematic things. This is going to be a true body switching experience a la the movie because Donnie you're going to have to take it away because I am going to be defending the shit out of this movie okay I will also I forgot I guess the plot of this movie because I thought you were just doing a Freaky Friday <laughs> reference for no reason <laughs> oh, and then, <laughs> and then cool. you said like this movie I was like what happens in this movie <laughs> oh got it okay <laughs> 
So anyway, the budget of the hot chick was eighteen million, and it made fifty five million worldwide. Forty five of those were directly from Chelsea. <laughs> The director, okay, I half-assed this week, I apologize. I wrote who the director was, but I didn't write what else he directed. Happy birthday to me. (laughs) Okay, directed by Tom Brady, I guessed. Not that Tom Brady. Again, I I saw it at the end, and I said, you know, like that gif of New York, Tiffany Pollard, saying (laughs) Beyonce, that was me saying Tom Brady. (laughs) Imagine, though. Okay, so I just Googled it. Basically nothing else. So I could have just not looked it up. He directed The Comebacks in 2007 about that football team. And he directed Bucky Larson, (laughs) Born to be a Star. So a bunch of nothing. And it was written by Tom Brady and also Rob Schneider. Mm -hmm. So that's that. For a little trivia, Malin Ackerman auditioned for the role of Jessica, but did not get it. And the film is included on Roger Ebert's most hated list. Wow. (laughs) So, Chelsea, sorry. A direct attack on Chelsea. Yeah, Roger Ebert does not agree with you. (laughs) And then also, the movie marked the film debut of a few people, Ashley Simpson, Michelle Branch, and Jenna Duan, formerly Tatum. Yeah. yeah. Wait, who was she? One of the dancers in the other cheerleading squad. Oh, Like okay. Bianca's backup. Okay. Yeah, so that's all the trivia I have for today. So now, what character do you identify as? <laughs> You're really just phoning it in this week, Donnie. My birthday. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I strongly identify with April's mother who is on the verge of a nervous <laughs> breakdown and is being gaslit by everybody around her and her ability to um, really make it about herself while still being concerned about others. Yeah. She was a plot twist I didn't know that I needed. <laughs> Wait, one more piece of trivia can I share with you? Oh, yeah. Yes. It popped up because I was watching it on Amazon Prime. Love that. But, um, you know, at the end when there's like a cheerleading whatever competition yeah. and there's a woman who like says the rules of the game and says like, oh, the, the school custodian still counts as like a member of the, yeah. the team. That woman was Rob Schneider's mother. Oh, my God. Her name is Pilar and she's Filipina. Wow. Yeah. Love that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you, Nora. I'm glad someone showed up with some <laughs> trivia this week. <laughs> Somebody came to work. <laughs> I gave you three facts. And one of which was that this movie was on someone's most hated list. Well, I <laughs> I just bring the most interesting things I find. I can't help that if it attacks your whole personality. Yeah. <laughs> Another chick that I was like, where do I know her from? And it was one of the friends in Rachel McAdams' group was like the woman with the red hair. Her name is Alexandra Holden, and she played Ross's girlfriend and friend. Bruce Willis's daughter? Yes. Yes, oh, the young student. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's the one. Wow. I like, oh, you had seen her somewhere. Many stars. Oh, yeah. So many stars. I don't know if you guys, this was like a really specific Easter egg that you guys may not have caught onto. Did you know that Adam Sandler was in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yes. It's so funny. I was watching that whole thing and I was like you know what I think he might be the funniest part of the movie I was delighted first I was like what are you doing here and then I was like oh man I'm so happy to see you in a stupid Rasta costume which is like a cancelable offense but still I think all hour and 44 minutes of this was a cancelable offense (laughs) 
Um, the character I relate most to is Jessica in Clive's body. Like all, <laughs> all of her like trying to adjust to the world and everyone being like, ew! <laughs> and her not really caring. I think that's me a little I would have thought you would have really vibed with the brother. Him as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He was like the saving grace of the entire movie. I was yeah. like, I see how maybe they're trying to make it not homophobic by bringing in this sweet child. Mm-hmm. Even though in the beginning it was introduced quite homophobically. I vibe obviously the most with, uh, was it Hindenburg or whatever? The Heldenburg? <laughs> the, uh-huh. the big girl? That was me. Okay. I got dibs on the dots. <laughs> dibs on the dots. Possibly the best line in the entire Um, Nora has said twice now what the best line of the movie was so just get ready for a lot more if we get up to 10 points of the movie where I've said that (laughs) that was the best part of the movie I think we can go ahead and say that the movie's not bad yeah right we're at 2 out of 10 (laughs) Chelsea edit in dings Two. Yeah, you're going to be like me when Donnie made me watch Scooby-Doo and I started out the episode by being like, I fucking hated this movie. And then by the end, I was like, all right, are you going to come on to recap the sequel? Unfortunately, and in a surprise twist to nobody, there is no sequel to The Hot Chick. So, so, Nora, we'll just have to bring you on whenever else you feel like it. But before we get into talking about the movie scene by scene, Nora, can you give us a one minute synopsis? Transphobic Freaky Friday. <laughs> there we go. The clock is finished. Was- <laughs> I think you actually beat your record from last time for shortest recap, and yet you covered it all. Yeah. So, so with that, let's jump into it a little deeper, even though there isn't really much more depth than that. <sighs> Chelsea sighed, but she knows it's true. Yeah. Did you watch this movie in your women's studies course? I think not. No. <laughs> Hey, I'm a Gemini. I'm multifaceted. <laughs> oh, true. So we begin this movie in Abyssinia. Sure. I don't know how to say it. Anybody else? <laughs> they don't good. say it. Thank you. They just write it and expect me to know how to pronounce that. <laughs> in, <laughs> in 50 BC, where a princess is about to be married off to someone she despises. But luckily, she has a magic pair of earrings that lets two people switch bodies if they're each wearing one of the earrings. So she plops in an earring and gives one to her slave. And she says something sweet like, now you'll have a life in diamonds instead of chains. But this is fucked, right? Yes! <laughs> like, like, this is a man that is so bad, she can't even think about marrying him, but she makes her slave do it. Yeah. My very first line in my notes is, the first swap is problematic. <laughs> yeah. I'd Luckily, say. the second one is much better. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the second one? I mean, it doesn't I, involve slavery. It doesn't involve slavery. True. It does take away one's autonomy of their whole body, <laughs> but it's, at least it's by accident. <laughs> yeah, it's not on purpose. <laughs> That's true. Well, you can put it like that. So we're then transformed to 2002, where Rachel McAdams rules the school as Jessica. She's cheerleading captain, and basically she just gets away with whatever she wants. She skips school to go to the mall. She gets free smoothies by licking her lips. If Jessica wants it, it's hers, and she finds joy in torturing others. Is Jessica worse than Regina George? I think yes. What a question. Gosh. You know what, Chelsea? What do you think? I think that she has more of an arc 
than Regina George, but I think if we're looking at starting point, absolutely. She's worse. Jessica might be a sociopath because she is getting joy from torturing others, but April has to sit her down and be like, but when you torture people, they don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think Regina George is intentionally mean, and this girl, she thinks it's funny. She thinks Mm. it's hilarious. I mean, the big girl, she tricks her, (laughs) and somebody throws a toilet seat at her at the pep rally. I was like, who has a toilet seat? But she thinks it's hilarious. And then I was like, once a toilet seat came, I was like, it is hilarious. Possibly one of the best parts of the entire movie. Ding. <laughs> okay. You know, but I'm going to say that Regina George is meaner because April tells that lovely story about the first time when they first became friends because April came from Arkansas and had brown teeth and nobody talked to her because she had a weird accent and Jessica was so sweet to her. Yeah, Regina would never. I think you're right. I just think... Regina does it underhandedly. Like, that's the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. Whereas Jessica does the toilet seat thing or, like, honks the horn when people are servicing her car. Like that. Like She's that just a comedian and the world is her stand-up stage. You know? oh, yeah, wow. you know what? Cancel culture comes for comedians all the time. <laughs> You're right. No comedian is safe anymore, okay? <laughs> oh, God. So, while at the mall with her friends, Jessica steps into a store that sells treasures of the ancient world. I can only speak for myself. My mall had no store like this. It was giving me Disney's Animal Kingdom gift shop. That is not a mall store. You know, I think my mall did have a store like that, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it was like an antique treasure shop. But there was always that weird store in the corner that often got swapped out and then eventually at the end became like a Brookstone or something. Mm -hmm. But it was always that store that had like trinkets Mm. and like really intense candles and like bad perfume. And essential oils where your brain Mm. would explode just because of the scent as you walked in. Yeah, and like calf cans, (laughs) like stuff like that. The sets that are like cloth that a woman who used to identify as a hippie would now wear to like her granddaughter's graduation, you know? That is so specific (laughs) and so perfect. Because yes. (laughs) Yes. And it was like that store. I can picture where it would be in the mall. Mm -hmm. Now we're painting a whole picture, guys. We're going to the mall with Noor. (laughs) There's a Starbucks kiosk in the middle. Mm -hmm. The escalators are there. And then there's also like a general phone trinkets kiosk thing. Mm -hmm. But not iPhone. No. Only Android. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then that store is like actually – a brick and mortar, if you will, in the corner. Mm-hmm. And okay. it gets swapped out for like with new management every few years until it becomes a Brookstone. Yeah, <laughs> it's eventually going to be a Brookstone. And I know this for a fact because in my equivalent of this mall, I was once almost swindled by a woman into buying a $200 prayer candle for protection because <laughs> I was just, you know, like wandering in and then it wasn't even someone who worked there. But there was a woman in that store, probably purchasing an outfit for her granddaughter's graduation, (laughs) who started talking to me. And she was like, you know, I read auras and energy and honey, you're cursed. And I was like, 
oh shit and she was like it's uh-uh. it's a family curse it's been passed down from your mother and i was like well fuck thanks mom thanks again and she was like yeah but like you really need to protect yourself because this is a dark spirit that's around you <laughs> she's like do bad things keep happening to you and this was like around i mean i've i've gotten into some of the tumultuous periods of my life and i was like yeah, and certainly it couldn't be a result of my own decisions. It must be a cursed entity who is fucking with me. And then she was like, listen, she gave me her business card. She was like, I'll do a reading for you, but I sell these candles and I really do suggest that you get one. You know, I hope she's happy somewhere in a Brookstone chair. I didn't end up getting okay. the candle. Okay. That was my question. As you started telling the story, I realized that I could paint this very intense picture of this corner store because <laughs> once at one of these corner stores, a woman did like a reading, like a psychic no. reading on me. I swear <laughs> to God. Okay. And and it involves the Austin Kroll of my <gasps> life. I can't wait to share this. Okay. So this was like right after I had gone on this date with this boy. I was like totally vibing Wait to see him. the hot chick? Yes, to see the hot chick. So I had like gone to see on a date with this boy and he was like the boy that I really liked. And I was like, I'm going to kiss him. And I at this point had never kissed a boy before. Again, late bloomer. But like I was totally, totally into him. And then it was over winter break. I go to the mall and there's this woman and I was like, whatever, let's do a reading. She said to me that you should be really careful because two of your friends are going to betray you. Ah. And I was like, oh, that's ridiculous, right? So then obviously I leave them all and immediately call my one of my best friends and I tell her, I'm like, can you believe that? Ha ha, that's ridiculous. And then I'm like telling this guy that this is like also the reading. And he was like, oh, whatever, that's ridiculous. A month later. <sighs> no, no. Okay. <laughs> a month later, I didn't know this. Things started to be really weird with this girl who was my best friend. And she was a freshman in college at the time. She was at Rutgers. And I was like, oh, no, whatever. She's been really weird about, like, me talking to this guy or whatever. And then, like, two more months passed, and me and him finally kissed. It was, like, very romantic. It was in the rain. It was my first kiss. It was, like, a big deal. And I called her, and I told her, I was like, oh, my God, this happened. And she was like, oh, okay. And then a week later, she comes over to my house, and she's like, I have to tell you something. Remember when you said that you had that reading? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, I didn't really think about it then. But like a week later, that guy that you're talking to, we'll call him Austin Curl. Austin Curl visited me on campus and we hooked up. <gasps> and I was like, oh, my God. I was betrayed by two of my friends. I have the chills. So should I get the candle? <laughs> Yeah, I think yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. You know, I guess mystical things too happen at the ball. I guess so. (laughs) And for Jessica, that is stealing these earrings from this poor shopkeep. (laughs) And Chelsea, that would have been you because we know you thieve (laughs) at the store because of your Bart Simpson piggy bank. Well, this was also during the period of time where I would steal headbands. I don't know oh. why, but like it just gave me a rush, gave me a thrill. I used to go into Claire's and like plop a headband on my head and just walk out. Wow. I didn't even like headbands. <laughs> I used to steal silverware from restaurants. <laughs> oh my God, the worst thing I ever did was steal like equal packets and I don't even think I'm stealing. <laughs> Did you need silverware? I mean, I didn't need the headband. Yeah, I think because rules were so instilled in me, I think I was afraid to actually steal. um, steal, But like, there was something in me that wanted to steal. Yeah. Fascinating. I needed the equal packets. I get it. I get it. So after she steals the earrings, the rest of Jessica's day is pretty normal. She protects her little brother. She sneaks out of the house to make out and remind her boyfriend that clearly wears lip gloss that she's saving herself. Mm-hmm. And she terrorizes the gas station attendant, which I brought up earlier. Unfortunately, the actual gas station attendant is tied up in the back and the person being bullied by Jessica is a common crook who just robbed the gas station and when Jessica drops one of the earrings, he naturally pockets it to put it on later. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. So the next morning, a one earring wearing Jessica has swapped bodies with the thief. And after having a full fledged meltdown, she steals her father's suit and heads to school where she lets her best friend April know what happened after being pepper sprayed by her and pushed down at least 57 <laughs> bleacher steps. How did she not die? <laughs> I don't know. So you talked about last episode, like movie quotes that you just say in day to day life. And there are so many in this movie that I say. And one of them is, it's me, Jessica. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you brought that up because Rob Schneider is hilarious in this movie. He is. But he doesn't even try to act like Rachel McAdams or vice versa. Like Rachel McAdams should have studied how he acted and done that in the beginning. Because this is not Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis acting here. <laughs> no. I can see why Ebert hates it. Yeah. Because you're right. <laughs> this is not the same character we spent the first 10 minutes with. Yeah, that's true. The You know, Rob Schneider as a girl was just sweet. But also because Rob Schneider as a girl was like genuinely distraught mm-hmm. you know it was because okay it's kind of deep but it's because jessica didn't have her beautiful exterior to protect herself anymore you know what i'm giving a ding for that comment right there <laughs> <laughs> what is that for yeah Chelsea's just <laughs> grasping for dings now. <laughs> so we've talked about on this podcast these like body swapping plot points where everybody typically like goes about their day-to-day life so I was actually pleased about this movie that it wasn't like you know all right well I guess I gotta go to high school it's like she went and got a job she got herself employed I don't think she worked nearly hard enough to try to solve this mystery but we'll get into all of that we sure will (laughs) but I do have to say after the initial shock wore off if I woke up with a penis I'm sorry one of the first things I'm doing is masturbating Mm. Like, I want to try it. You know, I'm going to give that a ding. (laughs) I get it. But I think also, I don't know. It's like, is a teenage girl the same thing as a teenage boy? Mm. You know, I feel like teenage girls are generally kind of like intrigued, but also a little terrified of Mm -hmm. dicks. Whereas I feel like if I woke up in my 20s and had a penis, I'd be like, this is going to go for a ride. (laughs) Like, I'd be really excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because she was a virgin. Yeah, she was. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, a hole is a hole. And it's like a grown man's penis. Yeah. Exactly. And this like, this is a grown man who possibly, like, didn't bathe. Like, it's not like... This is a man who's sealing directly from the slurping yeah, machine. Yeah, eating directly from the nacho right, right. Can we take a moment to talk about Matthew Lawrence? Of course. I would say the best looking Lawrence, yes? Uh-huh. Yes. And this is the best looking he's ever I was looked. like, you are not this cute and boy meets No. Girl. Agreed. I love the Lawrence brothers. Brotherly love was my shit. Me too. Yeah. Sexual awakening. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sean Hunter was my sexual uh, uh, It was Uncle Jesse and then Sean Hunter. Mine was um, Sean Hunter and his girlfriend. Angela. Fascinating. Yeah. And yet mm-hmm. it took me till I was 31 years old to realize that I'm bisexual. <laughs> Happy pride. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, what a girl crush. Oh my God, I had a crush on Topanga. Did you? Yep, 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 yep. Cute. Yep. Yep, Aunt <laughs> Becky, mm-hmm. Uncle Jesse, and then Gia, <gasps> Stephanie's Loved Gia. badass friend. Gia is who made me hot as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again, yeah, same Chelsea spent my whole life being like, oh, I think she's fascinating. It's like, oh, no, it's because you're queer. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm like, I just That'll was like super excited that Marissa Cooper got with that bartender. Just really happy for her on the OC. You know, just like very happy she was happy, you know? And as you know, I don't watch OC, so I'm not familiar with that reference. <sighs> just killing me. Happy birthday. Moving on, the rest of Jessica's friend group help her and April brainstorm how this could have happened, and they figure it must have been someone who hates Jessica. Unfortunately, the girls point out that that is practically everybody. And when they say this, this results in a pillow fight that leaves all of her friends unconscious and a hole in the wall. (laughs) Okay, give it a ding. I laugh so hard during this scene, and it also takes me back when I was in elementary school, maybe early middle school, but like old enough that we should have known better. My best friend and I played Land Marco Polo, which is playing Marco Polo, the pool game, on land in her bedroom. We would put a blanket over ourselves and then say, Marco Polo. Well, as you can imagine, there are a lot more obstacles on land than in the pool. And one of our Marco Polo excursions ended with her splitting her head open and getting staples. And I was, again, a terror as a child and so I after making sure she was okay she got back from the ER I was just super pissed because she had a pool membership and I got to use her guest pass and with Staples there is no swimming for six weeks so that was just like that took us out our whole Mm -hmm. summer was ruined (laughs) to think we could have just waited and played Marco Polo in the pool (laughs) I like that in all of this it's not the worst part of it isn't of it isn't that your friend got staples in her head is that you, Chelsea, wouldn't weren't able to go to the pool for six <laughs> And weeks. I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that you don't vibe the most with Jessica as the mean person. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, isn't this hilarious? We're all having fun here. <laughs> So the group confronts two students that Jessica found pleasure in bullying, Hildenberg, who Jessica harassed about her size, and Eden, a witch. And both of them say they had nothing to do with the transformation. And after Jessica apologizes to them, they agree to help figure out what happened and how to get Jessica back to normal. Fine. I wouldn't do it, but if that's what they want to do with their time, so be it. So the two (laughs) join the group like some sort of Wizard of Oz little link up, and they all give Jessica a makeover so that she'll be ready to confront their last suspect at the nightclub. Mm -hmm. So in this scene, they go through all of the Backstreet Boys to pick a look. Which Backstreet Boy would you pick to be your inspiration for a makeover? I would be AJ for sure. I knew you were going to say that. In middle school, I was definitely a Nick Carter girl because I was um, just a brown girl trying to fit in with white people and fascinated by white people in general. So I was like the blonde one. (laughs) And then when I got older, I was like, tell me more about Kevin. But now as an adult, I'm like, hi, Howie. Howie. Have you seen Howie lately? Yes, I have. Okay. (laughs) And the winks still get me going. Yeah. Nick and Brian are the only ones I wouldn't do anything with. The other three, like, make me wet as that pool Chelsea's not allowed in. <laughs> well, good thing about Brian. Oh, because, yeah. yeah. He was partying. He was celebrating something on January 6th, possibly. <laughs> Which one do you like? Is it Brian, Chelsea? No, I was a Nick <laughs> Carter girl. Okay, okay. But I was a sucker for the butt part mm. on a guy in the early 90s. Like, if there was mm-hmm. a guy that had the center part with like two little 
waves coming down, caressing the top temples. I was there, you know? <laughs> yeah. A center part mushroom cut. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing sexier. So <laughs> now that Jessica is post makeover, a lot of the jokes revolve around her feeling herself and acting like herself again, but everyone else is repulsed by her. But I have to be honest with myself and both of you and all of our listeners. There is something sexy about Rob Schneider in this movie. And, and I am obsessed with the outfit he wears to the club. You know what, Chelsea? I think you should give that a ding. <laughs> when he was at the club and he was midriff showing, yes. I was like, okay, his body is not bad. No. Like, okay, good for you. And those camo pants. Yeah, the outfit was nuts. <laughs> But like so quintessentially early 2000s. I was like, this is such a crazy outfit, but I think I own those pants. (laughs) So after the dance off where they find out that the last suspect is not behind the body swap, Jessica uses the bathroom where we learn that after 24 hours, she still has no idea how to use the restroom as a man. Nora, you were here for Princess Diaries. So do you remember Anne Hathaway eating the soup like she was just released from a cave? (laughs) That is how Jessica is in the men's room. She's talking to people standing next to her at the urinal. She's playing with the ice in the urinal. And she's just pissing all over the walls. She's a mess. Okay, I will (laughs) say that this is also what a 16-year-old girl in an adult male's body drinking alcohol possibly for the first time or, you know, freely for the Uh first time. And famously, teenage girls are annoying (laughs) and they will fucking talk to anyone. And then once you get them drunk, they will not shut the fuck up. So I feel like it was accurate. (laughs) Okay, fine. Fair, fair. The urinal ice was too much. But I for me. wouldn't have known about as a sixteen year old girl. At I don't know that. Sixteen years that, old, you did not know what a urinal was. I knew what a urinal, but that wasn't a urinal. Yeah. That was like a trough full of ice. It looked like a cooler. <laughs> yes, same. All right, fine. I did not expect the conversation to go to defending Jessica <laughs> in this scene, but I guess that's where we're at. But since we are so um ready to defend people let me tell you a story about the bathroom so when i saw from justin to kelly in the movie theaters i had to pee so bad during it and i don't know why i just didn't go but i held it the entire movie were you wearing dark jeans (laughs) <laughs> no, I made it to the bathroom. But by the end, I had to pee so bad that I like jumped over seats, pushed people out of the way, ran to the bathroom. And it felt so good to, to release. People were at the urinal next to me. And it felt so good to release. I giggled and grunted <laughs> and moaned <laughs> as I peed with these men next to me. I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> giggling. And then I was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> okay. How dare you compare Rob Schneider as Jessica to Anne Hathaway not knowing how to eat soup? Because you just described yourself. Like, in he started this whole conversation by like shitting on Jessica's reaction to the urinal, and he's the one like <sighs> as he urinates. My God, it just felt yeah. so good. I love that you were so enthralled by the plot of From Justin to Kelly Justin that to you Kelly. couldn't bear the thought of leaving for I don't know two minutes to relieve yourself (laughs) mid-movie yeah no I had to wait until after the credits because there could have been a Mm -hmm. dance break halfway through (laughs) who knew 
So I guess we're taking a break from finding out how to go back to normal because Jessica applies to be the school janitor to be closer to her friends and boyfriend. And also she applies to be the gardener for her family where she bonds with her parents. Okay. So that's a very interesting (laughs) choice of words of bonding with her parents because she gives her mom a bubble bath and then is also traumatized by her father who in my opinion is a little too open about his sex life and also flatulence with a virtual he stranger him his dick <laughs> also this is a body swap folks because this is the first time that chelsea has ever been the one whose favorite movie is being discussed. So there are things that we do as podcast hosts where we just lump things together in a paragraph to skip over and get to the next topic. But I'm seeing what Chelsea had to deal with all of March when she's like, now wait, you use the word bonding. (laughs) Can we talk about that? To me, it was a skip over point to Chelsea. Not quite. Um, Not quite. Also, because you lumped in his janitor work, which is my literal favorite line from any movie that nothing makes me laugh harder than that scene where he is pretending to clean the bathroom as Jessica's boyfriend is like talking about Jessica and he's getting closer and closer. And when he says, somebody shit in the locker, that's just comedy. Give it a ding. (laughs) No, I agree. Because it came out of nowhere. (laughs) It came out of literally nowhere. Hmm. (laughs) You know another part that made me laugh? We skipped over it, but she's having a sleepover at April's place and she's really upset and she calls up her boyfriend and she's like, I should have made love to you when I had the chance. And he goes, Father Mulgate. (laughs) Okay, for our Patreon watchers, Nora just literally threw her head back and maniacally laughed. So I'm giving that a ding. Oh, God. So also at that very sleepover you just discussed, April finds out her boyfriend is cheating on her. So she starts to think she may be in love with Jessica and suggests they go to prom together. So happy pride. Do you think that when April grew up, she realized she's gay? Do you think she's gay? Yeah, I think so. I think that she didn't realize that, like, she was probably in love with her best Mm. friend this whole Mm. time. But instead, she had to, like, put her best friend in the body of a male to, like, make that happen. But she probably was always just in love with Jessica. I hope so, because I like gay people better. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, somebody is taking this body swap situation seriously. And our mystery-solving group of Daphne's has one Velma in the group, and that is Eden. And she discovers through research that earrings are at fault, and the group must find the second earring before the next full moon. So actually make that two Velmas in the group, because Hildenberg sees footage of the robber and Jessica's body on the news and goes single-handedly to the scene of the crime. Jessica does not deserve these ladies' help. <laughs> I love her. I love her. She's me. I am her. <laughs> Hildenberg. I see you. Eating her burgers, <laughs> watching the afternoon news. I was like, is that an after-school snack? Because that was me. <laughs> like, yes, I will have a quarter pounder with cheese after school, and then I'll have dinner later. <laughs> 
So the group confronts the crook in Jessica's body at the strip club she's working at, and Jessica steals the second earring just in time for the police to show up and arrest the actual thief. So now that she's in a high school hot body again, Billy, her boyfriend, can be with her, and it's a happy ending for all, except I think that is bullshit. This whole time he didn't like her, or he didn't love her, just because she was in a man's body. And now that she's hot again, we're doing it. Well, he tried. When she came to him and said that she was trapped in Rob Schneider's body, like, he tried it, and he just, he wasn't able to make that jump. Yeah. I mean, the man was wearing lip gloss. I think he could have made the jump. You make a great point. (laughs) Also, as an Asian on the podcast, I do need to bring this up. Okay. First of all, Tia and Tamara did not get enough screen time on this movie. And I was like, do you think that they were used during the promos? Like, definitely. They were probably all over the trailer. Actually, I'll be able to tell you when I do our promo for this episode. I'm sure that they are in at least four parts of the trailer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They find out that one of the girls, her, I guess, Asian name is Ling Ling. And the very first, like, one of the very first lines Tia and Tamara say is, Ling Ling, can somebody answer the phone? And I was like, <sighs> it's a hate yeah. crime. Yeah. So then I was like, who wrote this? Why is this? So-? But then I was like, okay, well, Rob Schneider is half Filipino. So I was like, does that make it okay? Not really, because then at the end, the Asian lady says the N-word. <laughs> So what was happening? No, but then later I was like, okay, the side plot that they had of like this Asian girl who is half black and half Asian and quarter Jewish. She's like having to pick who she is on the inside and who she is on the outside. And like the black girls are kind of mistreating her because she's half Asian. And then she's also like not really embracing her Asian side. But then at the end, she like embraces her Asian side and also her black side. And I was like, is this some sort of like other subplot about like really being true to who you are, regardless of your appearance? Like Mm. what was that? And why did it have to happen in the movie? But why? Why? And like, don't. (laughs) And she was one of the friends in the group. But like, as part of that group, she barely had any lines. All of her plot stuff was just being bullied by Tia and Tamara and then like bullying her mother. And then even (laughs) when her mom was trying to like help her embrace her black side, she did so by like embracing black stereotypes and like bouncing away in her car i don't know i feel like in a weird way for this to be 2002 perhaps and maybe this is just me like trying to defend this absolute dumpster fire of a movie that i enjoyed when i was 13 years old but it's like they were trying, right? Like there were these moments of them trying to like weigh in on something and then just failing. Just failing. To be like, I know what we'll do. We'll have a one-dimensional character whose entire plight and struggle is these two sides of herself. And we will have her come to terms with her identity by just making fun of both parts incessantly. (laughs) And then throwing in a Jew joke at the end. That'll be a great button on Exactly. I would say, I don't know. Are we going to talk about like what if we did a remake of this movie? So let's go there now. So who would we cast if we were to bring this movie to 2022? I'm sure it would just do great. Not canceled (laughs) at all. Just really thrive in the box office. Who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be? Take it away, Noor. 
I don't think that they should remake this movie. That was what I was going to say is it should be rebooted off of the earth. <laughs> the liberal woke bullshit walking into the podcast. Here's what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to remake the movie. We're going to do a swap of a man and a woman. And at the end, they actually realize their own like gender identity and they realize that they actually oh. do feel better in a male body or a female I body. I love that. But we keep the line about shitting in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> and the Father Mulgahy joke. <laughs> oh, God. So originally, I thought that if it was a white teenage girl going into the body of someone non-white, we could do a lot of exploration about, mm. like, the privilege of being a white girl, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't want to think that deep into it. So instead, I went the opposite way, and I cast Zendaya as Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack Black as Clive because Ooh. I've said it before and I'll say it again the best role of Jack Black's career is when he plays the teen girl in the Jumanji reboot and his whole <laughs> yes. career should just be him yes. playing teen girls so with that said I do want him to play the burglar yes guy. because Jack Black really became that girl yes so it was good. a Jamie Lee Curtis yes. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan situation okay so I don't think this movie should be remade. And mm-hmm. I did not think of a plot and I did not think of a remake because it's problematic. It should yeah. not be remade. No, I think if we tried to pay homage to it in any kind of way, that's where it couldn't happen. But I think the bare bones of like a teenage girl switching bodies with an old man, I think we can do that and like put a twist on that. But any kind of like, we can't call it the hot chick. We, we can't let people Mm-mm. know it's a reboot of this. We got to sneak it in. Yeah. yeah. I also wish that there was more Rachel McAdams as a man. Yes. I think uh-huh. one of the most amazing things that happened was that Clive and Jessica's body got her period right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have liked to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Show me more of that instead of like Jessica playing with urinal. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see that man in the fetal position thinking he's dying the moment he experiences cramps for the first time. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. That's what I want. I want to swap where only a man just experiences period pants. Okay. (laughs) I changed my answer. That is the plot. We stay on Clive in Jessica's body and just have him walk through life as a woman. Yes. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> That's so good. A misogynist swaps bodies with a woman. Yes. Played by Zendaya and Jack Black. <laughs> and wow. the message of the movie is talking about white male privilege and also what it's like to be a woman walking through. Wow. There America. we go. I love that. <laughs> so final, final thoughts. We have touched on a lot of the things that age like Blockbuster. Did anything age well? No, it all aged poorly. Rachel McAdams aged well, both the woman and like, I liked seeing her in this. I just watched the new Doctor Strange movie and she's in that Mm -hmm, as well. mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you, the hair and makeup in this movie for her is better than Doctor Strange. (laughs) And I'm not saying because like, she's not beautiful. She's absolutely one of like the most gorgeous women, but like the wigs in Mm. the new Doctor Strange were not good. And her hair in this one looked amazing. She's just like so beautiful. She is. You know what was fun, guys? Tell us. Give it a ding. <laughs> when they do their little patty cake thing. <gasps> Boys are cheats and liars. They're such oh a God. big disgrace. They will tell you anything to get to second base. No, are you baseball. proud of yourself? They think they're going to score. If you let them go all the <laughs> okay. way, then you are a horde. Horticulturist study flowers. 
That deserves another day. Because <laughs> that was hilarious. The brother storyline, I think, might be the only thing that aged well about the movie. Number one, it was just super sweet to see Jessica and her brother and that like unconditional love. But the fact that he recognized her throughout the movie as he was clearly like going through his own exploration of himself, like that weirdly does hold up. And maybe it was like heavy handed and maybe it was like kind of meant as a punchline. But in a strange way like that, which if you were to like think about it before rewatching the movie, you would probably assume would be one of the worst aging parts. I think for me it was like one of the best. Oh, maybe for sure. the yeah. only. Yeah, it was at the end when they're like going to the fa- the whole family's going to the strip club. He runs out wearing heels <laughs> and his dad goes, "Come on, you're going to have to get used to them if you want to wear them all the time." Like he says it in like a really funny sweet way. So I agree. I do think that that was the only part of the movie that like probably was not bad. Yeah. The only bad part about it is in the beginning, the way she reacted to it was all like, ew, ew. And then halfway through the movie, she just stopped doing that. But if they would have cut those reactions out, I would have had no problem with that. Happy Pride. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, Nora, before you leave, let everyone know where they can follow you and listen to more of you. Yeah, sure. You can listen to more of me on the reality is uh, it's a podcast about my problematic relationship with reality TV, <laughs> which there's, you know, most of the stuff we covered on this podcast, reality TV <laughs> is still doing and I'm still watching it. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at the reality is pod. Perfect. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you for having of me. Of course. It's always a good time with you. So next week for Chelsea's birthday and the one year anniversary of our podcast, we're taking it back to our roots and we'll be covering a Mary Kay and Ashley classic, Passport to Paris. I honestly like, this is too much pressure, Donnie. I don't know how you were thriving in March with your favorite movies being covered. I thought covering your favorite movies was stressful. (laughs) Covering my favorite movies, I think might even be worse. Oh, wow. (laughs) that's a Gemini for you folks (laughs) so with that thank you for listening Noir thank you for coming and we will see you all next week we will talk to you later love Love you like like a sister. sister thank you for listening to I am the cute one a nostalgia podcast if you liked what you heard be sure to give us a five star rating and subscribe to our show you can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you, you like a sister. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.